we look at yeah, we look at it as times when we are free from doing other things that we deem more important. But what if I told you there's nothing more important than serving your time in the kingdom? Too often we're wasting time doing things that are meaningless. We've seen an example of that man who was sitting there all these years Murmuring and complaining about other people going in front of him. Come on, come on, brother. <laughs> and he not having a chance looking for someone to help him. So, so we miss those opportunities because we're waiting for someone else. We're worried about what someone else is doing, what someone else is getting, instead of getting up ourselves and moving. And purpose and what he's calling us to. Turn with your Bibles to Matthew's 6:31. Now I'm reading off the uh, New International Version. And I'm reading from verse 31 to verse 33. And it says, So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Hear this, family. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Too often we get stuck in that trouble with God telling us through the storm. Pastor, I told you he was in my word. Said through the storm. He said, I'll meet you on the other side. God has promised some things in your life already. It's on the inside. But you're too busy worried about the storm that you're in right now. That you're not moving so, forward. So. You're stuck like that gentleman. Waiting for someone to help you. And all you got to do is just move. All we got to do is just move. God is calling you for a purpose and a reason. Each and every one of us here. We just got to move and stop waiting. Don't worry about the storm. He said, I'm going to meet you on the other side. He already promised you some things. He has spoke some things in your life and your heart, but you're waiting on someone else. You're waiting on something. And he's telling you, go. This is what I'm talking about, kingdom living. 
Pastor Wade just said it's a season of greatness. And the only way we're going to get to that greatness is we got to move. We got to move. It's not church as usual. We got to become independent of this world. In order for us to become independent of this world, we got to be in control of ourselves. That man that said it, that he said they all that time waiting for someone else when the power was in him already. How many of you have been waiting for something? Or somebody? Or something? But God is just telling you to move. And he's going to open some doors that you couldn't open on your own. Last week I talked to you about dying empty for the king of kingdom influence, of your kingdom influence. That sounds like a heavy task. However, throughout the Bible, into this present day, we read about people who give all of themselves for the sake of others. Let's look here in front of us, mothers, fathers, grandparents. You give all yourselves for your children, for your grandchildren. You sacrifice yourself for the sake of them, wanting more for them. And this is what God is calling for each and every one of us here in the kingdom. It don't matter about your situation, your stature, your color. He's calling you to do for the kingdom. Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, our military, our nurses, our doctors, they continue to do these things, sacrificing themselves for the betterment of others. If you turn with me to Hebrews 11, 13, and on your leisure, I actually read Hebrews chapter 11. Read it. Because it speaks about so many great leaders of the past who sacrificed and, and, and walked in faith into what God had called them to do. In spite of the suffering. Chapter, verse 13 through 16, it says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreign and strangers on the earth. We are in this world, but we not People who saw, who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. How many times we turn back to what we come See, God is calling us out of the, that comfortability. Just like he called them out of Egypt. But when they got stuck in the wilderness, they wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to what they were familiar with. And too often, we get stuck 
No, so this is our switcher. So we got up to Instead of moving forward. I was, I was in my car this morning and I was listening to the song and I was driving and it was talking, it, it, it had a song and it was talking about the rear view and the front view. If you put in your car, you notice your rear view mirror is smaller than your front, your windshield. Because what's behind you is behind you. What's more important is what is in front of you. Too often we keep looking behind and not focus on what's in front of us. And there's so much greater going forward. That's why the picture is so bigger. And that one behind us is so small. See, it's okay to take a deep back to remind you how far you came. But don't get stuck looking back. Because you'll miss what's in front of you. I was just in an accident a couple of weeks ago. Because instead of the person looking for what's in front of him, he must have been paying attention to what's around him and what was behind him. So we got to be focused on what God has in store. For us. See, you can't see your full destination, but you gotta focus on what you can see. Because that's gonna lead you to where you're going. Too often we get stuck looking behind, and God wants to focus forward. Instead, they were hanging. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He's prepared a city for you. He's got a place for you. Jesus said, my father has three mansions. He has many rooms in his mansion. I'm going to go prepare one for you. For you, 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 each and every one of us. But we got to do our part. Let me read something from the leadership Bible here. And it says, vision, seeing the invisible future. Hebrews 11 is often called the hall of faith. Because it enshrines men and women of faith who triumph in their own lifetimes. The passage summarized an initial list of heroes with words about a word about vision. It is almost impossible to separate faith and vision. These leaders died in faith, although they did not receive the tangible fulfillment of God's promise. See, some of us too often worry about what am I going to do? But what happens is, if you think about it, we're here because of some of the things they've done for us in the past. Right. Right. They might have not got to see it. Martin Luther King didn't get to see what we're, we're experiencing now, but he had a vision for it. Yeah. And he moved in purpose for it. Mother Teresa, God, he so many great leaders. Yeah. In the same way we're talking about them, God wants Others to be talking about us. Amen. There's a vision on the inside of you. 
that you have no idea the impact it will have on this world. No idea. But if it's left here, it will end up in the graveyard. God wants us to die empty of what he's placed on the inside. It says here, the leaders died in faith, and although they didn't receive the tangible fulfillment of God's promise, they did see them from a distance. Their journey was all about vision, about seeing the invisible future. Leaders lived by vision. These ancient men and women of faith continued to lead the way because of their, number one, vision. They saw the promises of far off. These leaders had power for today because they had a vision for tomorrow. Number two, confidence. They were assured of the promise. Family, we should be assured of the promise. God has promised some things to you, a future and a hope. Right, right, right. A future and a hope. They remain optimistic because they wanted to make a legacy more than living. You hear that? Make a legacy more, more than, than living. living. We can't be afraid to die for what we believe. I know that's Number three, hunger. They embrace the promise. They had ownership of what only their descendants would enjoy. We enjoy what they died for. Number four, resolve. They confessed they were strangers and pilgrims. They made up their minds, their dreams, not their memories, consumed them. Their dreams, not their minds, consume them. I talk about Pastor Ray. We're here because the faith and the perseverance that God placed on the inside of him, that in spite of all the obstacles and circumstances that could have stopped him, that could have had him thinking about just about himself, we wouldn't be here. Harvest wouldn't be here. Over 400 kids being affected because of his faith and his perseverance. And there's some dreams and some things that God's placed on the inside of each and every one of you that is waiting to be birthed. For the kingdom. But you have to do your part. He will not go against your will. But you got to trust him. Trust in his promise. Hallelujah. Paul said this. Turn to Galatians 2.19. 2.19 21. He said this, for through the law I died to the Lord, so that I might live for God. 
I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through Lord Christ died for nothing. Family, there's a promise that God has given us. And just like that man that was waiting, that sacrifice that Christ has given for us is for us to press forward in spite of. The enemy has already been defeated. But it don't mean he's not going to stop, keep attacking us. We have to die to ourselves. Die to what we know. Die to our own assurance. And trust the assurance of God's word. That's why that relationship with him is so important. That's why it's so important. This dying to self and living for something greater. I thought about Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. And, and she, she was unhappy with her circumstances. And she wanted something different. You know, and, and, and she, she ended up in Oz. You know, in, in a foreign place. We are in a foreign place. This is not where God is calling us to. He's calling us to something greater. But this is a stepping stone to that something greater. But it's about our relationship with him and knowing who we are. That's the important part. See, just like God, just like she had an adversary, the wicked witch. She had an adversary. But she also had some people on her side that was greater than the adversary. And what she finally realized, it didn't take much to destroy the adversary. Just a little water, huh? Just a little water. Just a little faith. Me and Pastor Bruce, we've been having a discussion. We were talking about um, uh, we were talking about Adam and Adam being between the tree of green and the tree of life. And the question was, why did Adam choose the tree of green? You know, when we, we was discussing that and, and sharing that, and, and what I realized is that God gave Adam everything. He said, you got dominion over everything, but don't touch this. How many times we tell our children, don't touch? And the one thing you tell them, don't touch, what do you want to do? Touch it. And that's what I believe happened with Adam. That one thing, the one, and this is the trick of the enemy. 
We all fall victim to it, one way or the other. That one thing he tells us not to touch, the enemy playing on us. You know, and what I believe, see, Adam never experienced death. He never seen death. So, God told him you will surely die. Eve won the apple. She was alive. So, our kids touch the oven. We talk, until they touch it and experience the heat, then they realize that I shouldn't have done it. But it's too late. That experience. And too often we got to experience some things to learn a lesson. But here God has given us his word. But we don't have to experience it. We just got to stand on his word. And what I realized is that all I haven't had to do was give him God's word. And stand on it. You know how I know? Because Jesus did it. He ain't do nothing to Adam that he didn't try with Jesus. But Jesus stood firm on what God said. Over and over and over again. So when he comes at you, all you have to do is stand on his word. Over and over and over again. That's why that relationship is so important. Yes. Because you gotta know what to speak. And you gotta be able to stand firm and know that what he said is true. And then in spite of what the enemy tried to say or do, he's already been defeated. He don't have no authority. And that's why we got to pull on that full arm of God. The full arm of God that will protect every part of us. And that's why the body of Christ is so important. Because what I can't protect is my back. Right. And that's why I need you on my side, behind me, holding me down. So we can fortify this thing. And that's why offering our time for kingdom living is so important. Because we don't have to do battle. And I need somebody to watch my back. God is with us. But we got to stand firm. We got to walk in that authority that he's calling us to. Turn with me to Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore, since we were surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race walked out for us. 
Y'all hear that? The race that's marked out for us. It's already marked out, family. It's already marked out. That's why that window is so big in front. But we got to press. It says, let us know of everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Family, he's given us the he's given us the answer. But too often we get in our own way. We allow the kids of this world to smother out God's word and God's purpose for our life. We start worried about what someone else is thinking or they're not lining up with what God says. That's their opinion. We all have them. But we got to stand on God's word. And we can't judge our brothers and sisters. We can't. Because we become a thorn, a stone in their life, just like the world. Family, we stop our own growth. The church has been getting in its own way. There's so many gifts on people that we turn our nose up to because they're not living the way we think they should live. Because we forget where we came from. We forget that he pulled us out. He met us where we were at. We didn't come in all saved and holy. We were holy. All right. Full of holes. That he had to fill up. And he's still filling up. He's still filling up. There's still so much more he has in store. You know, just like Pastor said, look, the higher the level, the greater the depth. He's going to continue to come back at us. See, but what happens is if you forget where you came from, you forget what you have been through, those things that beset you before beset you again. That's why those obstacles need to be stepping stones, not roadblocks. God wants those things to be stepping stones for our lives. When they no longer hinder us, they're elevators. Taking us from one level to the next level. That's what it's about. That's kingdom. I got one, but I still use it. Christ was about the Father's business. I still use it for Nothing more. Playing the car. And he is calling to us too to much do on this new phone. As I said last week, it is not about you standing in a pulpit preaching or teaching the gospel, but you are called to share the good news and use your gift for the service of the kingdom. Turn with me to Luke four one. 
I tell you, God, God is doing something awesome. And my life is not my life. Only because of him. And I, I'm who I am because of him. And what he has done in my life. And I, I thank God for the relationships that he has given me. That he has placed in my life that allowed me to, to do the things I'm doing. Because without it, I wouldn't be here. You know, because there were many obstacles that tried to hinder me from being and doing all that God has wanted me to do. And many of you know my story. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not glorifying it. But that was my wilderness. That was that place where God had me here with myself and allowed me to grow and be called to be. Amen. And truth be told, we all have a wilderness. You better talk about it. And I'm not going to have you read that story because all of you know the story. You know, my wilderness place was was at 13 years, I had to be saved. Your world in this place is something different. But it says here, it says here from the Leadership Bible, the role of the wilderness in Luke 4, 13. The role of the wilderness is the preparation of a leader cannot be overemphasized. Both Luke and Matthew recorded Jesus' time in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry. Jesus spent 40 days alone in the desert, abstaining from food and noise, distraction, both gospels writers tells us of this time, ordained by the Holy Spirit. Number one, we recognize that God will lead us into a season of growth, not gratification. A season of growth, not gratification. You see, I talk about that 13 years. I, I, I talk about that 13 years. There was some time of growth, but very little gratification. At the time, at the time. See, my gratification is now. Because I recognize the growth that had to take place. Number two, we fight battles and overcome temptations to take shortcuts. Shut up. See, I went away when I was 19. At 22, God told me to write down where I see myself at 65. I went to my first boy eight years after that. And I thought I was ready. I wanted a shortcut. And I got hit two more years. He said he wasn't ready. I wanted a shortcut. 
I am going to have to go through the trial of growth. I thought I had to figure it out. So often we think we got the answer. We know when we're ready for something. Then it says here, number three, we learn discipline in the art of depending on God. See, I thought I was ready. But God said I wasn't. So I had to depend on him and look at myself and do some self-reflecting and some dying to me. See, because I knew what I faced and I didn't have no control over it. So I had to depend on him. See, too often, see, the world has us depending on ourselves. Telling us you do this, you do that, you have this, thinking money's gonna make you, things gonna make you, all those material things are meaningless. But it's about our dependence on him. Because when those rough times comes, because you hear about all those people with all those things. When times get rough, they go overboard. Because they depended on what? Those things. All right, that's right. Those things became more to them than their relationship with God. What I realized is that if God gave it to me before, he could give it to me again. It's right up what I may be going through. You're right. Listen, I worked for McDonald Corporation for 10 years. When I left that company, I left that company, I had close to $100,000 in my 401k. So every year, he increased my value by $10,000. Amen. And during this time when I came into ministry, I had to use that, some of that, in order to, to sustain myself. So what I realized, at first I was worried. But what I realized, he gave it to me for this time. So yes, wow. Wow. And the same way wow. he gave it to me before, he can give it wow. to me again. Because I'm working in the kingdom. Because it wasn't because of me. I know that. See, so when we become dependent on him, he will take care of all your needs. Then you ain't worried about the things in this world. We in this world, yes, but we gotta trust Him. And that's why it's so important for us to trust the people that God placed around us because they are there to give us some words of encouragement, to help lift us up. And I thank God for the people that God has placed in my life because during those times, I needed it. I needed that push. My wife reminded me, look, God told you to do this. I said, I'm with you. I ain't telling you not to do it. You got an answer if you don't do it. Amen. So those times when I was stressed out, I'm like, oh my God, I can't. She reminded me, look, God told you to do it. And I had to remind myself. Pastor never pushed me or prodded me. He's just like, look, whatever God told you to do, do it. And I had to trust and believe that. That was 2016, family. 
I have no back. Amen. And I'm in such a greater place. Because I'm offering my time for the kingdom, not the world. Not the world. And like I said, I love Pastor Ray. I love his vision and what he's doing. But if he stopped following God, I gotta stop following him. Amen. That's why I say that faith, that anointing that's on him to be running through every single one of us. Every single one of us. That faith that he got to step out and, 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 and buy a four million dollar building, you should be not afraid of. Step out and, and put that money down for a two hundred thousand dollar home that God told you to have for you and your family. We gotta trust and believe what He said. Number four, we are broken of self sufficiency and self promotion. Number five, we solidify our sense of mission. Number six, we gain perspective. And number seven, we are prepared to enter our vocation. Wow. See, us spending time with the Holy Spirit, what we God is calling us to do, is so vitally important. And as I said, that 13 years was my wilderness place. And even during that time, I still didn't have a full perspective of what God was doing in my life. But just like I trusted in him, as I was going through the process, I continued to trust him. And he, when I had questions, I'd be like, God, if it's meant for me to have, it ain't going to be worth it. And if it's not, that means it ain't the time yet. I've learned that through that wilderness. And there's some things God has wanted you to learn through your wilderness place. And each one of our wilderness is different. But we have to recognize it for what it was. We have to recognize it for what it was. Amen? Do you remember your wilderness place? That place where the enemy tried to break you, but God met you there when you called on him. I said, I know my wilderness place. Why it's important, that's why it's important for us to have a relationship with God because the enemy is constantly trying to have us miss the mark. What is Mr. Mark saying? Yeah. He wants us to miss the mark. He wants us to fall short. He wants us to miss the mark that God has purposed for, for us and he wants to separate us from the Father's will so we can waste time doing our will. You see that man who sat there at that water all those years wasting time worried about Who's helping him, people jumping in front of him. Too often we waste time instead of moving purposely in what God is calling us to. There's a lot time for each and every one of us. It's already a lot. The key is what we're going to do with it. 
That's the important part. That's the important part. It will be the best time spent with God. Time to surrender to God is made count for all eternity. Here's something from the Leadership Bible in Psalms. Psalms reminds us, Psalms 39, 4, 7. It says, Show me, Lord, my life in the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my, my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom, in vain, they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. My hope is in you, family. God is calling us to a new place. He's calling us to die empty. He wants us everything, those seeds that he planted on the inside of you, each and every one of us, is for the kingdom. But if it doesn't give birth, it will die on the inside. And it's not about wealth. Those things will be added unto you. He knows all the things you need. He knows that. I read that in the first scripture. It says in Matthew 6.33 So do not worry saying what shall I eat, what shall I drink, what shall I wear? For the pagans run after all those things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. He know you need them. You know, I was, I'm reading this book. We're doing a, a leadership thing. And, and one of the things it said, it talked about five things that people desire and that they don't have. And leaders in the world is missing. It said, health. People want to feel healthy and hope. Relationships. People want to have strong relationships with bonds, people they can count on, they can turn to in times of need, or just someone to just listen. Job, security, doing something that they enjoy doing with no stress, no worry. Financial security, having the finances to meet their needs. And community. A safe community, a safe place to live and be, be at peace. That sounds like Canaan to me, man. 
And they said, this is something that the world is missing. And the leadership of this world is not recognizing that. And that's why so many people are bitter and angry. See, it's not, it's not against flesh and blood. They're desiring the same thing that we desire. But the people at the top are not caring about that. And that's why we have to be different from the world. We have to be set apart. That's why we got to be independent of this world. And be able to give Caesar what Caesar has. Just imagine if all the churches were to put all their wealth in and in, influence together. Just imagine. Yeah. See, but the world has us being separated. That's right, yeah. Set apart. And, and that's the trick of the enemy. And that's why we here at Harvest, have to begin to do things different. Pastor said it's a season of greatness coming forward. And the only way it's going to be great is if we do our part. But God will, will come to pass if you do your part or not. He'll bring somebody else who will. But it's up to us to do our part because he placed something special on the inside. There's some people waiting for your gift to come they're waiting for you to speak into their lives. Paul said this. Paul said. And in closing, family, we are part, we, as we depart this place, let us seek God out of what direction that we should go. However, if you are here, under the sound of my voice, God has already spoken to you. He already told you. Now you gotta allow it to manifest itself in your life. This is a season of manifestation of the greatness that's on the inside of you. I'm here not because of myself. It's only because of God inside of me that I allow myself to die and Him to come forth. And that's why I'm able to share and do what I'm doing. Because if it was in me, I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was worthy of it. But God showed me in His Word that He used people worse than me. That's why we got to be careful of pointing fingers and judging people. That's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. It's not about religion, it's about kingdom. We can't become religious in what we do. We just have to be obedient. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. God's glory. Come on, we can do better. We can do great God.
the growth that I've seen in his life and coming, you know, and sharing. And then even this morning, I said, uh, I need you to, I, I called him, and they didn't hold out notice, but I didn't even know that. I called him and said, listen, I need you, you, you can't just do a one, one message here. You got to you back it up. Oh, he said, oh, yes. Yeah, I, I can back it up. And uh, I said, good, because I need you to back it up. The reason is I need people to hear to be, I need you to get this down to your call. And uh, I'm sharing this with you, and I'm sharing him with y'all too as well, to let you know God's speaking. And if God can do it for me, and if God can do it for him, what would make you think he can't do it for you? Amen. Okay, the devil is a liar. He is a liar. You want to tell us, and that's what the, so, oh, that's what the man and woman, he said, nobody will put me in. He said, forget about that. I need you to get up and walk. There it is. Put yourself in. Let's forget about who didn't help us. Who talked about us. Who didn't help me. Who, who didn't encourage me. What I didn't get. You know, those stories, it doesn't matter anymore. It's What matters is that we're here at this point in our life. And I'm of the belief that we're here today. The sound of our voice. I'm talking about this great. This isn't something that sounds good. That not in No, this is what he said. But order for us to activate, you only need to lay hands on him. Oh, no. He's eating you already. Amen. You're not allowed to come out. That's right, yeah. yeah. I, I went to the movies yesterday, and I, I seen that Wakanda forever. When the girl figured out the what's the name? Oh. Uh, oh, 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 all of the churches, they laid hands after, which means it was already done. Right. The laying of the hands is just confirmation. You don't need me to lay hands. You just need to do it. That's my point I want to make. I won't give y'all no more of the story. Right. You just need, you got to be like Nike. Just do it. So I, I, my prayer is, my prayer is that we come forth. Amen. That we come forth with power and step out and be who God's called us to be. Uh, I'm so glad to 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 see here all of you and to be uh, to hear Pastor Rob was so encouraging for me to be able to sit back and get fed because I do give out and I'm I'm making a promise to you I'm going to give out everything that God has for me and uh, uh, and and I made a decision too that. I asked God to do some things in my life and do something for me. I want to share this with you. And I plan on giving that out as well. If he does it, I'm going to get it. Which means if he gives me the ability, uh, I personally want to give it. I'm tired of ministries and people in ministry not able to do what they need to do. We don't have enough finances. So I, my belief, I'm hoping God to show me how to raise funds for the kingdom and be a financier. He said, what is that? Well, it's what they put in the bank, but I want to be in a position for the church, right, right. for the kingdom, and for 
those things in those programs and things that are in place that need to happen. Right. And so, uh, oh, let me help you. I love my kids, but they will not get that. It's for people who are doing the kingdom. It has nothing to do with giving to my family. They got their, they'll have their own. But they, I'm saying this is for everybody, and it's for the kingdom of God and the people of God. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and that's what I believe God is, is, is calling us to when I talk about greatness. So my mindset is wrong. I totally, there's some guys just out there. And I'm out there for God. And I really am. I'm, uh, you said, you know, I remember uh, 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 the bishop and the apostle said to me, he said, these guys are pooped up. They're pretty far away. He said, but, but he said, I'm with you. I love that. He said he knew I was out there, but he said I'm with you. And, um, it, and that's where we are today. You know, I want to encourage you to get up, get out, and do what God's called to do. And I, I met with the church on Wednesday. We got to stop sitting still, sitting on our gifts. We got to stop sitting down and talking about what was, what could have been, and what I did, and all of this. And listen, God's not, God's not looking for pie in the sky. He's looking for your faithfulness. And he is more than able to do what he needs to do in your life. I need you to get to that level of trust and that level of faith. And uh, that's what I'm going to be encouraging you to continue to preach and teach you. We have a few more few more weeks left in this year. I need you to finish strong. Amen. Your faith. I'm, I'm encouraging you now. Finish strong. We've got, we got an exciting year coming for us in 2023. But you need to finish strong. So start looking at yourself. Look at some places where you need, where you are. Okay? And finish strong. And we will get ready for communion. We're going to bring that up. And uh, as we get ready for communion, I want you to think about your communion with God in this time and in this place. And remember, this is about religion. This is about relationship. Okay? And so I need your, your relationship to be strengthened. And think about where, where it may have fallen short. Let's give it over to God today. Amen? Where may have fallen short? Since this is where I want to trust and believe with God. Okay? So I want to encourage you there. And then secondly, we're going to get ready not only to visit you, but I want you to bring the tithes and the offerings. And you know, I'm sharing with you something. Three weeks ago, when I was last talking, I was talking about generosity. And many of us have been struggling in our finances and our giving. Especially when into the church. And, and so we've had uh, all kinds of things. We've been giving to people. And we've given what the word of God says so. And I'm telling you, if you want to be blessed, you got to follow God's plan. How many people want God's blessing? It's linked to God's I'm clear on that. Okay? I, I found that my blessing. And the things of God did not come any other way. They came by following the plan of God and following the things of God. They were not, you know, and, and I, I don't say this not to pat myself on the back, but nobody would be able to say to me, they gave me a gift me. What I can say is God has blessed me. I can honestly say that because that's all I stood on. That's all I trusted. And that's exactly what he's done. And if he'll do it for me, I know he 